When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Friday, April 28th, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by the number one overall draft pick of the Cleveland baseball sports writers, uh, Paul Hoynes. <laughs> Hoynes, did you watch the the NFL draft last night? There was there, no no Browns-related activity, so uh, yeah. no reason to watch the draft. But uh, still interesting to see uh, how that all transpired and, and, and what at least what Ohio State players uh, were taking. Uh, did you have any, any interest following that? No, I did not follow it, Joe. I just... Uh... You know, with the Browns out of the picture, I really wasn't paying attention to it. And I was packing for the trip, so I, I missed uh, it. I'll tell you what, the uh, the Texans and the Cardinals uh, dealing like riverboat gamblers uh, at the top of the uh, the draft there, swapping picks and moving back and forth. And, and uh, you know, the Browns making some of that possible because of the Deshaun Watson trade. I, I was intrigued by, by all of that and seeing how uh, those teams got better uh, and also just trying to keep an eye on uh, what other teams were doing uh, in the, the Browns division. Uh, I thought it was, was a lot of fun. Uh, sort of like what we do with the, with the guardians, keeping an eye on what the, uh, the other clubs in the, in the central do. Uh, and certainly we're, we're watching uh, teams like the, when the twins make a signing or a trade or, or, or when the, the, the white Sox do something like that, the white Sox right now, one in nine in their last 10 games. So uh, they've been really struggling. Yeah, definitely. Uh, seven and nineteen overall. The already eight games off off the pace in the AL Central. Joe, um, you know, I I just uh, I did not see that coming. I thought they would be better. I thought, you know, I guess Tony Larusa may not have been the big problem there. But Tony Larusa was a big problem. <laughs> don't make any uh, you know any don't make any mistake about that. Uh, I I think uh, they're they've just been set up to, to underachieve from the, the very beginning. Uh, and, and the guys that they brought in, uh, I thought Andrew Benintendi was a, was a good signing and, you know, he's been sort of moderately productive. Mike Clevenger, uh, who they signed, uh, has, hasn't been uh, very good for them at all. Uh, and, and you kind of see that coming with, with all the, the troubles and, and issues that he brings with him uh, and just sort of maybe adding to a, a clubhouse culture that is not very good. It makes you appreciate what the guardians have, uh, you know, with Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff with Terry Francona working together and always being on the same page and then producing a, a clubhouse culture that can, 
that can weather the storm of, you know, 17 rookies making their debut in a season and still come out and be consistent every year. That's not what they have in Chicago. And, uh, you know, Guardians fans should feel real blessed with that. Yeah, uh, that's a great point. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, last night the White Sox lose to Tampa Bay 14 to 5, Joe. They give up 16 hits. Their best pitcher, uh, Dylan Cease, gets hammered. Uh, you know, uh, just, uh, you know, that that's a club, uh, you know, under a new manager. You know, they're headed in the wrong direction. And hopefully, you know, they were this was supposed to be their window of competition, you know, window to to uh, compete, to win, to win the division, to get to the postseason. And uh, it looks like the window's closing. Yeah, I, I watched a, a clip, uh, a video clip of a, a radio call-in show uh, in Chicago where a fan just went off for, he was a good five minutes, and he had, he was making point after point, just calling for, uh, you know, general manager Rick Hahn, all those guys to just, they want to clear out the the entire front office. The the fans are sick of it in Chicago, and they're they're just, uh, uh, you know, ready to, to, to start a revolt out there. Uh, it, it's... It's just interesting to see how a, a team that's in a different sort of position in, you know, market wise, you know, money wise and, and still just can't get out of their own way and, and, and put themselves in a position to win. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, they've got talent, they've got young talent, uh, you know, and uh, it's just not coming together. Then, uh, you know, I don't know if, uh, you know, just what the problem is. But, you know, last night, you know, Cease, what he was, you know. A, a, you know, a strong a Cy Young candidate last year. Last night, he gives up uh, seven runs, six earned, nine hits in four innings. He only strikes out three guys. Uh, so, uh, you know, that that is not good. Obviously, they're facing a great team, you know, a red-hot team in the Rays. But, uh, you know, you still got to be more competitive than that. Jake Berger leading that team uh, in, in batting and, and, and the uh, the hitting leader on that team, I think, is a is all you need to know uh, that, uh, about what's going on in Chicago right now. Uh, but, you know, that's that's Chicago. We've got uh, we've got other things to worry about here in Cleveland. Uh, uh, the uh, the pitching coach, Carl Willis, uh, with the team in Boston, uh, was cleared by doctors uh, yesterday after uh, leaving before the start of Wednesday's game uh, following a, a little dizzy spell out in front of the dugout. Uh, what's the latest on Carl Willis and, and the outlook uh, there for uh, the Guardians pitching coach? Yeah, Joe, the uh, Guardians announced uh, yesterday afternoon that Willis had, you know, passed all his tests that he had at Cleveland Clinic. He was, you know, held overnight there uh, and he was cleared to, uh, you know, he was discharged from the hospital and cleared to, uh, you know, fly with the team to Boston. And uh, we expect to see him here uh, tonight when they open a three-game series against the Red Sox. But, you know, great news. Uh, you know, Willis, really a valuable part of uh, Terry Francona's coaching staff. He's been, in, you know, around Cleveland, it seems like, forever. This is his 13th year as uh, Cleveland's pitching coach, you know, under different two different managers, Eric Wedge and Francona. And, you know, he's, he's an experienced guy and, uh, you know, really valuable working with the uh, pitchers. Yeah, especially with three rookie pitchers uh, now up and and sort of contributing uh, and in, you know in the rotation in whatever uh, various capacity right now, you you really would uh, you know be in a tough spot without Carl Willis there for the preparation side of things uh, heading into Boston and New York. This is a guy who's experienced and and knows 
you know, what to expect and can provide some sort of, you know, a calming presence for these these rookies who I'm sure are, you know, Logan Allen uh, in line to pitch one of the games in the, the Boston series. Uh, it, it's going to be important to see uh, Carl Willis there in the dugout. So uh, good news that he's back. Uh, as far as uh, the, the decision on what's going to happen um, for uh, the the rotation right now, you've got six starters uh, on the the active roster. Uh, the you know the logical uh, idea I think right now is to put a guy like a Peyton Battenfield in the bullpen uh, if that's something that they're going to do, or maybe you try and keep him stretched out uh, and, and option him to Columbus. But, uh, you know, we, we don't know exactly what the next move is going to be there. We, we should find out here in a few hours uh, when they, they announce the the um, the starting lineup and, and, you know, just get ready ahead of this series in uh, in Boston. Yeah, Joe, I don't think there's is there a reliever at Columbus that they would like to bring up right now? You know, I, I kind of doubt it. I don't know. I don't know if anyone is, you know, who's who's hot and who's not down there. But, uh, you know, I, I would think, you know, like Battenfield could pitch in the pen, uh, you know, so they could move him, move him there and just keep things, you know, status quo until Sam Henkins is ready to, uh, you know, finish with his rehab coming off that uh, sore left shoulder. Yeah, I, uh, Tuki Toussaint might be a name that would, would jump out if, they're, if they want to make that move. But again, that would have to be with a corresponding 40-man roster move uh, to get him up. Uh, so who knows if, if that's uh, a possibility. But uh, you bring up Sam Henches. Uh, Henches in uh, four rehab uh, relief appearances, uh, four innings pitched, four hits allowed, no runs. Uh, just looks uh, looks pretty solid and, and looks like he's the, the Sam Henches that uh, they're, they're hoping to, to get back here uh, from the, the second half of last season. Uh, possibility he's going to, he's scheduled to start, uh, to, to have another appearance on Sunday, uh, for an inning or, or, or I, you know, however many pitches. Uh, but after that, they'll, they'll decide where to, what to do with him. Uh, he could join the club, uh, maybe, maybe possibly in New York or wait until they get back, uh, next Friday, uh, here for the, the twin series. Yeah. It sounded like they wanted to, you know, kind of, uh, uh, you know, have him pitch multiple innings. I don't know if that would be in a, uh, you know, in a rehab game or or would be in a triple A game, you know, just uh, have him sit down between innings, go back out just so that, that he's stretched out enough if they needed him for multiple innings, you know, when he gets uh, when he joins Cleveland. Yeah, they have a, a progression that they go through and, you know, pitching on back to back days and then pitching a, what they call an up down where where he he comes out, maybe gets the last batter of an inning and then comes back out and does a an inning after that, or, uh, you know, two, uh, two batters in an inning, uh, after, uh, so, you know, he's still got a couple of steps left in that process. Uh, we'll see if they, um, you know, clear that, uh, on Sunday, or if he, he still needs another couple of days down, uh, with the Clippers before coming back. Uh, I, I would think by Friday, we will, we will absolutely see, um, uh, Hentges on back on the roster and that'll be a welcome sight. So, uh, something to keep, uh, in mind over the weekend, uh, when they they open this series in Boston, uh, the Red Sox right now in a, in last place in the uh, the American League East. 
Yeah, Joe, they're 13 and 13. You know, that means if they would, be, if they're playing in the AL Central, they'd be in second place uh, behind the Twins and in front of uh, Cleveland. Uh, but they're coming off a, a, a stretch in, in which they played 19 games in 19 days. They went 10 and 9 in that stretch. So, uh, you know, they're playing, they're keeping their nose above water, but they're in a, just a, a rugged, rugged division for sure. Yeah, and uh, you know, pitching once again, sort of the uh, uh, the deal there with um, with Boston, and you know where where they're finding their struggles uh, as well. Uh, the Guardians will face uh, Nick Pavetta. Uh, he's one and one with a 4.58 ERA. Uh, Garrett Whitlock, uh, another right-hander, on Saturday, one and two with a 6.19 ERA, and then Chris Sale, who is just having an absolutely miserable season. Uh, one and two, 8.2, uh, two ERA. Uh, so there, there's opportunities for Cleveland's offense to get healthy if they're able to sort of take advantage of that. Um, and you know, Boston's always a ballpark where, uh, you know, some hitters can come in there and, and, uh, and get themselves, uh, you know, on the right track. Yeah, they definitely need that, Joe. You know, in April, so far in April, they're hitting 231 as a team. You know, they are hitting 231 against righties, 231 against lefties. You know, so they're spreading the wealth, but they're only averaging 3.8 runs a game, Joe. And you're just not going to win many games like that. They're lucky. They're fortunate to to be 12 and 13 right now, and they're fortunate, really fortunate, to be playing in uh, the AL Central. Uh, or I'll say, you know, they would be a much farther down in the standings, you know, if they had been playing in another division. And, you know, it all goes back to, uh, you know, that decision when the AL Central was uh, formed. They made the decision to, you know, leave the AL East and uh, join the new uh, AL Central. It's the uh, gift that keeps on giving, Joe. Yeah. Well, gee, uh, go up against the Yankees every year or go into another <laughs> division. I, I, don't, I don't know where... Uh... Uh, kind of a, kind of an easy call. I think, uh, if you step back and, and look at it, but, uh, um, at least they didn't have to consider switching to the, uh, the national league at the time, which would have been, you know, just as bad. So I, I think, um, yeah, the, the quality of competition in the, the AL central, not, not that great yet. Uh, I did see, um, I, I keep watching Kansas city and I saw Vinny Pasquitino hit a home run, uh, the other day. And I'm just like, Boy, this guy's going to be a problem too. It, it, different different players uh, on on uh, you know the the Tigers and the the Royals and uh, and, and the White Sox sort of jump out and, and stand out uh, at times to me as guys who you know playing them twelve times a year now they're going to jump they're going to cause problems for uh, Cleveland at some point. But uh, in general, on the whole, I think uh, the the Twins are the ones you have to sort of lock your eyes on and uh, and and sort of keep. Uh, going, uh, I, I believe Tyler Malley uh, for the Twins uh, the other night was uh, left the game uh, with an arm issue. So uh, we'll see. He had been pitching real well for uh, for Minnesota as well. Yeah, and he, you know, he they got him from. Uh, I guess they did. They made a deal for him last year during the stretch run for the Reds, and he got hurt right away. So, you know, I think they were counting on him. And, you know, pitching is a big thing with the Twins. They they started the year really pitching well. But, uh, you know, with uh, uh, Molly Hurt and, and uh, you know, Kenta Maeda is kind of struggling a little bit coming back from uh, Tommy John. So, you know, that's an issue. But right now they're, they got a two-and-a-half game lead over Cleveland. The Twins are 15-11. and 11, And it's, it's a two-team race, Joe. I think I just – 
the the rest of the division, just like Detroit's nine and fifteen, uh, the White Sox seven and nineteen, uh, the Kansas City six and twenty. It's just, you know, if you don't look at standings every day, that's that's shocking to me. Yeah, and, and here it is, the end of April, and we're looking at standings. But you know, it, it, you can kind of get a sense right now for for how things are going to go. Nobody knew at this point last year that the the Guardians were going to have the the kind of September that they did and just sort of run away from the division. Uh, but you can't count on that every year. You can't count on a club going 24 and six in a in a month. So uh, you, you just have to, to to sort of get through it. You're 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 always one to tell me it's a it's a, a marathon, not a sprint. And uh, we're uh, we're we're sort of getting into that feeling right now where it's it's going to be a long season. But this this back and forth between Cleveland and Minnesota, boy, I can't wait to um, get them in here and see how the the Guardians respond. Uh, the first time they meet uh, meet up with them a week from today. Uh, hey, uh, as uh, as we keep going forward on the season, uh, I want to remind you that subtext is the best way uh, to get information like what they're going to do with their six-man rotation. Uh, uh, first, uh, as soon as we find that information out directly from Tito, uh, we pass it on to you uh, via text message, and it's your opportunity to, to ask us questions and, and send us messages. Uh, subtext, it's uh, 216 Two zero eight four three four six. Send a text message there. Three ninety nine a month to subscribe, or uh, log on to cleveland.com/slash/subtext uh, and enter your information in online, and they will send you uh, a text and get you all started. And you can be receiving text messages uh, all throughout the day from Hoinsey and myself uh, regarding the Guardians and everything going on uh, with them. All right. Uh, just looking at this uh, this series coming up, uh, Shane Bieber on the mound tonight for the Guardians. What are we expecting out of Shane uh, in his first start in, uh, in in quite a while because of the the all the, the days off and the uh, the the weather and the the schedule, the off day. Um, you know, what are we looking forward to uh, from Bieber this time out? Yeah, Shane is uh, two and two against uh, the Red Sox in his career. He's got a kind of elevated ERA. Uh, pitched well the last time out. He pitched well against them. Didn't get a decision, but uh, you know I think uh, you know his strikeout rate uh, is kind of dropped a little bit, Joe. I think his strikeout percentage. So I think uh, you know this would be a good time to you know start seeing you know an, an increase in in strikeouts. And, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, he's been he's done a great job getting deep into the games, sixth and seventh inning. And I think he's going to have to do that again tonight. Yeah, there's something to be said for, you know, the way Bieber pitches and pitches to batters and and really works to to get deep into games. That's a that's a, a an evolution uh, that we've seen over the last two or three seasons of him. You know, he takes pride in being able to go deep into games. And, you know, if right now, if the strikeout numbers are, are suffering and he's still uh, being effective and getting deep into games and giving your team a chance to win every night out, uh, you know, I think Guardians fans would take that. But I, I definitely think it's in the back of his mind that, you know, hey, uh, where's the uh, the 11 to 12 plus, uh, you know, strikeouts per nine that we're used to seeing out of Shane Bieber? That's uh, that's a little more in line with with what we're uh, we're expecting from him. Yeah, and you know, I think we're seeing, like you were saying, kind of he's evolving as a pitcher, Joe. I mean, everybody was worried about his velocity last year. He still had, you know, still threw 200 innings, still won 13 games, you know, had a good ERA, uh, you know, and uh, you know, so I think uh, maybe, you know, the strikeouts, maybe he's not gonna, 
you know, lead the league in strikeouts. Maybe he's not going to be one among the league leaders in strikeouts, but you know, I think as you get older, as you progress, you know, you learn how you learn more how to pitch, and maybe we're, that's what we're seeing with Bieber right now. Yeah, 200 innings, 200 strikeouts in a season, usually sort of uh, standard goal type numbers for a uh, you know 30 starts, things like that uh, for a, for a guy like Bieber. Uh, but uh, you know, hey, if if he's able to be effective and efficient and and all that, then uh, you know I, we don't we certainly don't need to see him uh, you know strike out 100 or you know 200 guys if uh, if he's able to to continue to to win ball games and give the team a chance. Um, hey, speaking of continuing to win ball games and give the team a chance, uh, Gavin Williams, the uh, 23-year-old uh, number one pick uh, for the Guardians, who moved from Double A this week. Uh, up to Triple A. Gee, when Tanner Bybee and Logan Allen uh, come up and, and make their debuts in Cleveland and, and leave two open spots in the rotation in Columbus, uh, Gavin Williams, uh, ha- ha- you know, was the, the beneficiary there. Uh, goes out there in his first outing for Columbus, goes five and a third scoreless with three hits, uh, did walk three, but struck out six on just 89 pitches. Uh, this This kid... <laughs> He could be the next one up, uh, Hoinsey. There, it's, uh, you know, there, there's nothing stopping this guy from, uh, you know, being effective in, in Columbus right now. Yeah, just uh, really a, a dynamite debut at AAA. Um, you know, it's number one pick in 2021, Joe. So he's, you know, he's he's on the fast track for sure. And uh, we're, we're talking about having a problem with six starters now. You know, they've got seven starters now. They've got six starters and one in the pipeline. So, you know, uh, it's a good problem to have, I guess. One in the pipeline and Tristan McKenzie's bouncing around the clubhouse right. like he's yeah. uh, <laughs> like he's completely healthy. So, you know, nothing that we've seen out of Tristan just in this last homestand, seeing him every day in the clubhouse uh, with a smile on his face and a, and a bounce in his step. Uh, the, the progression should come quickly with with Tristan McKenzie. I would be shocked. If he's not with the club starting in June, uh, that uh, you know that gives you an even bigger problem. So uh, I keep saying that this club needs to make a trade, but you know there, I, I don't know. We, we'll see what's what's going on. Uh, Gavin Williams' numbers uh, just total for the year right now: uh, 19 and two thirds innings pitched in, I believe, four starts, uh, nine hits, one run earned, six walks. So he. He had half of his walks uh, in that start in Columbus uh, on Thursday. Uh, 26 strikeouts in those 19 and two-thirds innings and a 0.46 ERA. I would say that uh, he has been dominant so far this year. Uh, but, but again, you bring up the point, hey, uh, the, the Clippers already have another dominant player on the roster, one that we did not uh, expect to be doing this uh, in Zach Collins. Yeah, Zach Collins is like, you know, he came to camp on a minor league deal, you know, to give him some catching depth. And, uh, he's just gone. He's, he's like, he's leading, uh, you know, the Columbus Clippers in almost every offensive category that you could think of, Joe. He's hitting over 380. He's leading the team, leading the, uh, the team in batting average, home runs, RBI, slugging percentage, OPS, hits, extra base hits, and total bases. I mean, you know, he obviously, you know, high round draft pick of uh, the White Sox a while ago, uh, left handed hitter. You know, he's obviously known more for his offense and his defense. But, uh, you know, <laughs> just he's gone off down in Columbus and you wonder, you know, 
I mean, I know they got three catchers and, and they're carrying three catchers at, uh, in Cleveland's carrying three catchers with the big league club. But, you know, what do they do with this guy? I mean, I, and I wonder, Joe, he must, he's probably got an opt out too, you know, and so I, I would have, that opt out is probably coming pretty soon. I wonder if anybody will get it, give this guy a chance. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point is that, you know, he might not be around as an option for very long. Uh, batting 380 with uh, an 1124 OPS and six home runs with 23 RBIs for Columbus. Uh, but, you know, that's good. Hey, uh, that, that's a great place to have depth. Uh, however, he, he, you've got, uh, you know, Bo Naylor down there also yeah. tearing the cover off the ball. So uh, the, the, the Guardians organizationally, uh, you know, go from having, you know, a, a lack of depth at that position to now, you know, multiple guys uh, hitting well and, and, you know, at least in the minors. Uh, Naylor right now, 235 with an 824 OPS, uh, four home runs, 21 RBIs. Uh, so, you know, he's he, he's doing what he needs to do uh, to make himself an attractive option at some point, uh, possibly later on this year. All right, that's going to wrap it up for uh, today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, Boston this weekend, uh, we will... Talk to Hoinsey again from New York, the belly of the beast on Monday morning. Hoinsey, we will uh, talk to you then. Good deal, Joe.